Um, so I, I learned so many things through my friendship with you. Um, and today, whilst sitting in your kitchen prior to recording, your children were ravenous. Mm-hmm. Sounds like them. Starving. <laughs> I don't feed them. So. Yeah. And you gave Finley multiple options for a snack. And he said, I'll take toast. He said, no. He said, can I have toast with nutritional yeast? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Bay Area. Bougie shit bougie. is actually literally what you said. I did say what that. What the fuck Bay Area bougie shit is this? Which I will say, like, as someone who doesn't eat meat, I am familiar with nut yeast. I mean, I use it. We call it nooch in our house. Yeah. I know a lot of people who call it yeah. nooch. I don't know. I don't know why. Speaking started... of bougie Bay Area shit. We call it nooch. And we call it nooch in this house. <laughs> uh so anyway, you made this thing and then I took a bite and I was like, uh, this is so fucking good. Well, first I was like, do you want one? And she was like, no, thanks. <laughs> and then I made it and she was like, so it's just butter and salt and nutritional yeast on toasted sourdough. I was like, yeah, it's delicious. Do you want some? And then I was like cutting the crust off of Finley's toast because I'd made myself some too. I was cutting the crust off and. She and then she says, "Well, maybe I could just like try the crust. Yeah, Does it have anything on crust. it?" I was like, "No, there's nothing on it here. Taste it." And she was like, "Uh, this is good." And I was like, "My carb loving ass is gonna." It just makes you feel healthy. Be making hella nooch toast. Nooch. I feel like nutritional yeast is one of those things where you just like put it on anything, and you're like, "I'm, I'm eating a salad. It's fine. I'm so healthy." <laughs> what even is it? It's fish food. It feels, looks like fish food. It also kind of smells like it. It kind of smells like fish food. Is it delicious? It's fucking delicious. Yeah, that shit is sick. It's good. Um, so, yeah, you know, here at Brown Girl Book Party, what we like to do is bring you the hot tea as it relates to books, but also bring you some snack recipes. You're welcome. Bam. Girl, the party. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you reading? Hi. Hi, Shannon. Hi, Rosa. <laughs> We're back. We're so bad at introducing ourselves. I'm are... Rosa, Brown Girl at the Book Party. I'm Shannon, the other Brown Girl at the Book Party. Um, what have you been reading? What have you been reading in this great month of May? Dude, um, it is May. I was just going to say it's June. It's not. Well, you know what? Addendum to our last episode, because I said that we'd be announcing today the book of June, and that's wrong. And it's because this last book that we read in April is called Seven Days in June, and I'm well, confused. We are so confused. We're actually here to talk about the book of May, the book because of May, right. it is May 3rd. Mm. Um, and so you don't need to know what the book of June is yet. We have to read the book of May first. Correct. So correct. we're going to do that. But first, I want to hear from you. Are you reading anything good? Well, so I just finished two books. 
Um, I was in New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, and I didn't read as much. I thought I was going to read more while I was there, which is silly. Like, why would I? Because I'm busy eating and drinking and walking around. And, um, but I did read just before going to New Orleans. I read Scorch Grace, which is it comes out of Jillian Flynn's publishing house. She is popular as a result of Gone Girl. Okay. And uh, this is the first book out of her publishing thing. It's about a nun who is like full tattooed, listens to metal, smokes, and is in um, her nun club is in New Orleans. So I read that. It's like a mystery thriller. I, re- I really loved it. I thought it was super I'm fun. Write it down. What's it called? Uh, Scorched Grace. Scorched Grace. Yeah. And then I read um, Camp Zero, which is like a dystopian. It's the one I just finished. It's a dystopian, like, climate change. A giant disaster has. Can't do it. You know. Um, it was, it was good. They're very real, but also relationships. Lots of, I don't know. Like, do I recommend? Meh. Um, and I read finally, finally, uh, Yerba Buena from Yerba Buena. Oh, hell yeah! By Nina Lacour. Which oh yeah, we didn't get to talk about. We it. haven't talked about that yet. But I read that on the plane ride from, uh, New Orleans to Vegas. Um. So you know, did you like it? Three and a half hours. I did. I did like it. Um. But it takes place in places that I am mm. so familiar with because I spend so much time. Like, I'm from Long Beach, for one. Um, and then, like, the Armstrong, Redwoods, like, that whole Russian mm. River area. I go, like, multiple times a year, have been going for, you know, that's. So I was so distracted by, like, the settings like, like looking for accuracy things. Yes. And how'd she do? She did. I mean, she did well. Into, she like at one point she talks about like the Safeway on River Road. And that's the thing that it exists. And um, she talks about going to get burritos at Supermax, which is a thing in Long Beach. And like the giant mansions on Ocean Avenue in Long Beach. Like there. Yeah, she did. She did well. But I was also I wanted more. And maybe that's just because I'm mm, like, I see from those or, or I know what you mean it's it, it's like when people write about coffee as a person who owned a coffee roastery and worked in coffee for so long like yeah people almost never get it right sure yeah. you know really I mean also actually in Yerba Buena it was something I thought I would be more distracted about because she writes about the industry because she works she does, at restaurants yeah, right and she got it pretty right in a way that that I was like oh I feel like Nina LaCour must have worked in restaurants sure. because it felt very true because sometimes people just be right. Yeah. So I get it. People writing about stuff that they don't know. Yeah. And it feels so flat that it can be very distracting. Not that it's like the features are not necessarily wrong. It just doesn't feel as colorful or like yeah. multidimensional as it should. I was a little bit distracted by that. But when I took a little bit of space from it, which it's been a day, um, 
the story itself is like rip your heart out of your chest and stomp all over it and then put it back in in little bits and pieces i love that book yeah it's we recommend i recommend your boy and it sounds like shannon does too i yeah i've i read it like a month ago or something and uh it is by Nina LaCour, who we've spoken about on this podcast before. Right. She also wrote We Are Okay, which is a, another just very sad. Like, the specificity of sadness that yes. comes from her is, it, it's incredibly intense. And, um, yeah. I it's think uncomfortable. There I mean, was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of, like, really uncomfortable moments. Um, in your Bavoyna. In your Yeah, for sure. Also in We Are Okay. I mean, yeah. I think, like. I will keep reading this author and I love her, but man, some shit that she writes is so bleak. And it's interesting because Yerba Buena does not feel like a bleak book at all. Like there, no. it's bright. Like when I think of that book, I think of bright, sunny Southern California for sure. I think of like, like really like growing, the growing chi- trees of like that area, but also like, oh my God, just even just thinking that it's like making my mouth water it's so sad if that makes sense like you're just like or not even so sad but so uncomfortable the way that she writes fucked up shit is very uh it's visceral and it's just like it's also um about uh this book it it's just like trigger warning central yes the content is like one after the other just it's just and you're it's so wild because you're reading the book and it like you don't expect it. And then all of yeah. a sudden there it is. And um, I'm following it up with a horror. Oh, good. A nice cleansing horror yeah. book to so really we'll just see. just fix your heart up. Yeah, totally. I am, if nothing else, someone who just really stays in a vibe of you books. Do. So it's a vibe. Tell me about what you're reading. I am listening to an audiobook that I am, um, that I was, I begrudgingly started and did not think that I would like. And I am obsessed with it, just like the rest uh-huh. of the country. It's called um, Lessons in Chemistry. I am not familiar at really? all. Really? I mean, I feel like in like this past summer, it was all over the internet. I'm, I, I'm sure I'm going to look at like, the cover and be like, oh, yeah. By Bonnie Garmus. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I read reviews about this book. Okay, so here's the thing. I um, am very, very particular about audiobooks, and I have to like the narrator. It is a big thing for me. Um, I mean, it's important. You have to listen to that shit for hours and hours. You're spending so much time with them. Um, this vocal narrator is maybe one of my favorites ever. I'm obsessed with her voice. I cannot tell if she is British doing an American accent or uh-huh. if she is Canadian. She's one of those two things. Okay. Um, how far into it are you? I have an hour and 38 minutes left. Why are we even recording this? You should be listening know, to that book. Listening to it 1.4% speed. I'm seriously, it's so, so, so so good you know when you read like a very 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 popular work of fiction and you're just like oh i get it i get why everybody is obsessed with this book right now this is this book it's very white because it is set in the 1950s and 60s i mean unavoidable um it is so feminist and it is so white feminist it is very much about Mm. breaking into the working world um something's happening 
Oh, it's fine. It's just recording over our old shit. It's okay. From a long time ago? From the last episode. Sorry, I didn't start everybody. A track. Okay, sorry. I, I can delete this part out. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Um, it is so... It's so worthy. Because also the story is really good. So I... I'm not like a huge fan of the like, I mean, yes, of course, the work that feminists were doing during that time to make space in the workforce is so fucking important. I recognize that. Um, It is also very much the main story that we know of feminism and the feminist movement is about housewives that wanted equal respect and work in the workplace. And all of that work is valid. And also, it is the part of, Sexism that has made the most progress because white women have more access than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And their stories are more valuable. And um, so I was very skeptical of it at first, for sure. I mean, yeah. Um, But I was really struggling to find a an audiobook that I believed that I would really like. And then I sampled this one. I really liked the narrator and the character development the relationships between characters it is all so entertaining um and i i just really recommend it it's a really good book i'm obsessed with it all right i mean here's the problem i just went to a bookstore whilst traveling and purchased two books that i 100% don't need because my tbr is out of control mm-hmm. but i'll add another it's fine i also want to say 100% unrelated to peripherally related to what we're talking about you listening to audiobooks i have listened to two audiobook or listened to two audiobooks last month because it's a thing that's what i do now mm-hmm. she's an audiobook gal Gals. when we started recording this podcast i was not an audiobook book burke i wasn't an audiobook person no. but i started listening to them and so the thing that i would like to share today is that i now listen to audiobooks at two times she's coming out of the closet two times whoa that's insane dude i'm just taking it in just give me all the content how can you understand what they're saying yeah totally this is also a thing i told my brain is blown uh nate the other white boy at the book party and he was like what Nate, who was on this like audiobook committee as so Nate is a librarian i've talked about this he was on this committee where like what he did for the longest was just like listen to audiobooks. It's also why he walks like a million yeah, miles same. a day because he used to just walk and listen to audiobooks. Big same. Um, and that was not his testimony two times speed, but I'm I maybe I can't do it for all books, but I I listened to two of them recent just recently. Do you I, know the story of my husband and I, Zach, getting together? I, f- I can't remember if I've told you the story, but I'm going to tell our, our friends here on the radio waves. So when my husband and Welcome I started friends. dating, I lived in the Bay Area and Zach lived here in Sacramento. And so all of the like flirting and build up, it was all very virtual. It was like on the phone, text messages. I came out when I could, but, you know, I had young kids and I had a very demanding job. Um, but he really misled me to believe he was an avid reader. Which oh is my something God. he's very proud of now. Like he is like, <laughs> I mean, every book that I recommended during this time frame that um, he read, he would read. Like he read like three books that I recommended to him. I think one of them was for sure The Hunger Games. 
which he now loves. I don't hate that. Yeah. The other one was The Hate You Give. And him. I don't hate that either. No, it was great. Yes, and Angie Thomas. Yes. And him loving that book was super significant to me. Anyways, the first book that this man recommended to me was Kitchen Confidential by one Anthony Bourdain, who we love in this household. He's very, very special to my husband and now by proxy to me. Um, but so I was like, okay, he's read all these books I've recommended. I'm going to listen to a book that he recommended to me, knowing that I don't really fuck with nonfiction. Um, and at this time I'd never worked in the industry, right? The whole book is basically just like a, a love letter to the grittiness and the debauchery of the restaurant industry. And I do work in the industry now, and I'm sure that if I had listened to it now, I would really appreciate it. However, it wasn't now. I hated it. I was so bored all the time. <laughs> and for some really dumb reason, I, w- I couldn't stop listening to it. So I listened to it at like 2.6 speed. <laughs> Which literally sounds like... Yeah, how did you... No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, I want you to imagine a moment in my life where I'm driving around in my car listening to nothing. It was just noise because I couldn't tell this man that I liked so much that I didn't listen to the book. It was like a weird loophole that I found. And occasionally I'd grasp words, goose or (laughs) a sink or dishwasher or (laughs) France, like just like little bits of uh, Anthony Bourdain as like a very, very, very fast talking basically scribbling words verbally robot. Also, Anthony Bourdain was not a slow talker. No. To begin with. Like, it's it's no. not as it... And was he the narrator? He was. And so that was part of the reason that I thought I was so excited about listening to it because when I do enjoy nonfiction, it's almost always in audio format. And also, I love Anthony Bourdain's voice. I yeah, love his voice. Yeah, he's got a fucking... Sick R.I.P. So, such a good voice. So comforting. It's yeah. also sexy. It's just such a good voice. And so, but no, this audiobook, the way that he reads it is so drab and boring, and the information was not speaking to me. So oh, I didn't know. Anyways, um, one day I came to Sacramento to pick Zach up and it was playing. <gasps> yeah. And he was like, What the fuck is this? So And you were like, Kitchen Confidential. Yes. Um, Speaking of nonfiction, I also recently finished. I'll just say this really quickly so that we can actually talk about the thing that we came here to talk about. I listened to a super, super depressing book that was also so freaking good. It is a work of nonfiction. It is called We Were Once a Family. It is by Roxana Ascarian. Ascarian. Um, And it is about that um, terribly trapped. Tragic thing that happened um, up the coast. Um, the two white lesbians. No, moms. what? There's yeah. a book on that? I texted it to you and you were like, you're probably busy. But I was like, you should listen to this. I'm about to start it. Have you listened to it? And you were like, I have consumed all of the information about this case. This looks like it's right up my alley. Um, it is fascinating. Okay. Because. I don't rem- what it is more than anything is a it's that top one right there. If you want to write it down, what the book is more than anything is a harrowing. And yes, I know I say that word wrong. I don't care. It's a harrowing look harrowing into the American adoption system and the foster care system, which is absolutely terrifying, appalling and disgusting. If you are a black or brown parent in this country, 
you should fear CPS. That is what I feel that I gleaned from this book. Um, of course, you know, other areas of oppression and lacks of privilege will only make you more and more and more increasingly susceptible to children being removed from your home. So it was just like really earth shattering for me. I mean, it really fucked me up. Um, and it is also about this family and this situation and these women and yeah. bonkers. It's bonkers. Um, I usually do not really enjoy nonfiction. This was one of the best works of nonfiction that I have ever read. And I highly recommend it. It's called We Were Once a Family. I do not remember you because because life is the way that it is. I just Fair. don't remember you texting me about this, but I have consumed so many things on that story and I can't wait to add that to the things that I will read on top of all of the other books. Well, I would like to shout out the white librarian at the book party, Nate Holson, because actually I got that book wreck from the library email he sends me every week. So oh. thanks librarians. She's always librarians are so fucking cool. They're so cool. Um so you know, we are reading a lot of cool shit. We are. Obviously, or have read and will soon be reading a lot of cool shit. Um, but tis the month of May, the beginning of the month of May, which means we owe you a book. A for book this party book. book party. That's right. Um, and we have one. What are we going to read? Guys, it is a not a new book. Actually, it is the first book that Shannon and I both, it is the first book of Brown Girl Book Party that Shannon and I both have already read. It is actually kind of a sweet book, too, because it's, it was like, it's part of our, our friendship origin story. Cute. When we were getting to know each other, it was in the middle of the freaking pandemic. I think that we were like texting friends for like a year and a half before we even saw each other in real life. Also, the first thing, the first time that I did see Shannon in real life, it was when she lent me her whole entire truck so that I could move a piece of furniture. Hmm. Just so you know, the kind of cool person that she is. Not that she would lend you her truck. So don't get any big ideas in your brain. No, I won't. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what possessed me. <laughs> um, but anyways, I accidentally purchased two copies of this book from the Internet. And I knew that it would be up Shannon's alley. And so I asked her if she wanted one of the copies. The book is called When No One Is Watching. I forgot. <laughs> I literally forgot. Um, the book is called When No One by Is Watching. Uh, hold on. I don't want to mess by, this up. It's by Alyssa Cole. Yep. Um, and it is a thriller of sorts. It is. And uh it is very much up Shannon's alley because it's not just a thriller. It is also a thriller that is commentary on gentrification and uh, housing. Housing. It wasn't it couldn't be more meant for sh for Shannon. And I thoroughly enjoyed this book as well. And I will say that as a thriller book, it didn't um, spook me in the way that like so if you are a person who avoids thrillers because they can be spooky or scary or frightening or concerning. Know that this this book to me, I could compare it constantly to um what is the movie? The movie I need more than that. The movie about mm -hmm. it's a thriller. Okay. It's by 
one of either Key or Peel. Get out. Oh, uh huh. So, you know, obviously that movie was like groundbreaking because there had never been a movie that was so holy in that way. Yeah. And so directly a horror film about racism. Right? Yeah. This book is very much like that in that it will fuck you up because of how fucked up everything is, but not in a way that it actually was like scary. So just as like, if you are not a person who likes horror, I felt very okay about choosing this. I think it's a book that you could still read because I think that it's really important. Yeah. I, so my, I would distill that down to say like, this is like, I straight up will read like the dude chopped the lady up and buried her in the backyard kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like horror thriller things, you know, in that world, terrifying things, like scary things that, and you are someone who like that kind of stuff really sticks with you and it fucks you up pretty hard. And so I think it like, it is saying something that you are like, this is not that kind of book. Like it is, there is some fucked up shit that happens for sure, but it is a book that, really um is accessible social commentary about yes. uh, something that is actually happening in many communities but in particular in our own so i'm excited to um i'm going to listen to it as a refresh and i'm excited to talk about it in a number of weeks it is definitely one of those books for me that geared me you know in the conception of what this podcast is we've talked about it a lot but the importance of fiction um Mm -hmm. and it is such a key pillar when I think about important fiction I think about this book um another book that I feel I almost feel it should be required reading because it is so relevant it is so the topic and subjects are so important and because it is such a well-written work of fiction it um is an incredibly fast paced story that you, that grasps your attention the entire way through. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like it is almost as required reading as um, between the world and me, which is not fiction. It is very much nonfiction, but it is one of my favorite books ever. And I felt the same way upon completing when no one is watching, like everyone has to read this book. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's good shit. I think, and I'm, I'm excited for us to dive deeper into the layers of that book, but I'm also hopeful that we'll get some of our listeners um, hopping into the conversation. Definitely, definitely, definitely read the book. It is not um, scary. It's not scary. It's just thought provoking. Um, and if you are reading the book, and you are excited about it and there are things that are happening or not excited about it or things that are making you mad, please message us on Instagram. We would love to include your commentary in the next episode. Yes. Um, at Brown Girl Book Party on the Instagram. Um, we encourage you as always to pick up this book from your local bookstore. Both Shannon and I will be listening to it because we've already read it. But but I got my copy from the library. Yes, my you did. audio copy. Yes, you did. She did. I am going to get mine from Libro.fm. Which is if you don't know about Libro.fm, it is an awesome resource for audiobooks and I think podcasts, too. 
Um, but what's really neat is that you do have to pay for all of your audiobook copies um, that you receive. It's like a monthly subscription sim- similar to Audible. But you get to choose a local bookstore of your choice and your funds go to supporting that bookstore. I think the one that I have chosen right now is Avid Reader in Davis because I love that bookstore and you can change it whenever you want. So yeah, join us. Join us for the book of May. Uh, It's going to keep you on the edge of your seats for sure. And we can't wait to read it with you. Ditto. Okay. Bye. Bye.